0: Hello and welcome back to the Morning Skate Podcast brought to you by Puckluck. Today, we are going to go over our exposures. We're going to go over just kind of over time, what we've been drafting more, what we've been drafting less, where ADP has gone crazy. I think I talk about it almost every show, one or two players that have gone from, you know, uh, 95 to 30. We're going to go through it all. We're going to have some concrete evidence. I'm going to bring in the great Matthew Moody, shockingly. to to go over all this stuff and no one else there's no one else I'd rather have so Matt welcome back to our show really you know I don't know why I'm introducing you like a guest but I I had fun with that for a minute
1: I mean we could just uh steal the uh, established a million bit and I'm the honored guest every week when Drew
0: Dinkmeyer joins
1: it it makes me chuckle every time so it's Um, it's, just a, a shout out to the greats
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I do like the cohesiveness of me introing and you closing. And then the one time you asked me to close, I completely fumbled the bag and just like tried to (laughs) tape it together. Um, But much like my entire setup, I've been piecing stuff together for weeks. Hopefully this is going to be our our best one yet. Headphones are at 100%. Case is at hundred percent. I double checked this time. I didn't just take it to, you know, I plugged it in Um, green screens looking good. The new, I mean, everything's coming together and the new introduction is I have a Wi-Fi extender. So I hope we don't have any more issues where we're like cutting each other off because we're like off by like a fraction of a second that that's going to be hopefully the next big fix. So
1: yeah, I'm excited. And, uh, and you know, I've upgraded my surroundings. You can see, I got a nice yeah. piano. There's some nice natural sunlight at a uh, nine o'clock on the East coast. Um, no longer in my basement as, uh, as they say, um, no, right. just, just kidding. I'm in, I'm in my basement. Uh, so yeah, uh, we have we have some good stuff in store. Uh, hopefully, this shouldn't go for two and a half hours like uh, the last um, like the last couple have. So uh, we'll try and get through sort of um, some of the early stuff quick. Uh, I haven't tweeted about it or anything, but if you subscribed to my newsletter, um, I sent out a new article on Saturday afternoon. Um, so if you're subscribed, check your inbox. If you haven't um you know i kind of wanted to see just naturally like what the open rate and stuff would be without me like tweeting about it because frankly i had no idea what to expect uh, when i started this venture and you know only three newsletters in. like what does it really matter um but i was i was pleasantly surprised to see that most of the subscribers had opened the email already um so you know it's just kind of cool um but in any case um That's there. I covered uh, sort of what we went through last week, but further down the draft board. Um, So, you know, uh, picks 50 through 100, the players there that I'm fading and sort of the case for and against them and basically why I'm fading and what I plan to do about that um, as I close out my final 70 drafts as we head in toward the season. Um, so, again, uh, check that out. Yep. It's the pinned tweet on my Twitter. Uh, DJ, I think there's something with our Twitter handles that you normally show on the screen. Is that correct? Or...
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I yeah. probably... yeah. Oh, wait. Why isn't... That should be just showing up. I don't know why. Did I like, okay. hide yeah. it? I don't really know. If you're watching this, everything you probably going know perfectly. I'm on Twitter. But... Hey, it's oh, still going goodness. great. Oh, I found it. There we it was, go. It was right Perfect. there. Um, Yeah, I got, I got rid of it for the, uh, I recorded here too, for the, uh, I I meant that's why I'm working right after this show. Um, we did get some hockey news before we get started. Just a really, really quick thing. Um, I think Mm -hmm. this is kind of going to tie two things together. Number one, uh, Casey DeSmith goes to Vancouver. I mean, Tanner Pearson's really not draftable, uh, third round pick, whatever. So I do think that kind of, put the nail in the coffin on who do I take in the 16th round goalie with Matembo probably being clearly number one, he could rise to 15th, you know, whatever. I don't think it's a big deal either way, but that definitely puts him above uh, Kakanin, Barazic and anyone else you may be thinking about there. Um, any thoughts on Matembo, which we couldn't draft. Remember I was looking last time for like remember of the go. Could we like bet on him to like over under saves when yeah. um, up wins and yeah, he wasn't there. So yeah, We'll see where that line, yeah, line I mean, ends up. Yeah, I mean, you know,
1: I, I definitely think it'll be a 50-50 between him and uh, Jake Allen. So I'm not racing to the podium, you know, to to, right, to get right. him on my squad. Like, ideally, I have three goalies that are better than Sam Montembeau in my queue. Um, You know, that's just right. the way I prefer to draft personally. But that does really establish the case that, you know, you're, you're not getting a total floor outcome from Montembeau, you know, if, if you know, somehow De Smith and Allen were one and two there um so it's just adds some safety to the final round yep. projection where he's perfectly fine if you need a goalie in the last round i would not just go with two 99 of the time and if you find yourself just not getting to a second or a third goalie uh he's perfectly in the mix and with that trade sort of noses up above you know the 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 uh copley's and the uh that i've been mixing in um elsewhere in the yeah, nhl yeah. though uh we said we have, we have some camps opening um noteworthy stuff out of arizona and la uh, we've covered it in the discord already so get in the Moinesgate discord if you've missed it um but you know just just always nice to see those early line rushes coming through a month before the season starts just just to make you feel something again and uh, arthur kaliev yeah. playing alongside dubois and fiala Mm, chef's kiss lovely lovely and uh barrett hayton uh centering the top line still with schmaltz and keller um so you know that logan cooley uh steam could still come you know if he plays there you know later on in camp but for now i'm you know i'm pretty sure it's going to be hayden just we've
0: talked about this yeah. um but we don't yeah. need and to I, talk about I, those two teams yeah. for now yeah and all all of this to say kind of that the, the tie together point i was going to make is a lot of times when i get a question, it's like what do you think of this player or like in this team? Like, is this an okay to player to take? And it's it to me, it's like, if your construction's good and you're using the value, you're using all these different things. Like if you're drafting enough teams, I, I'm really not super player take heavy. Like there's some takes I'll have. And, and there's some like, like Blake Wheeler, for example, like I've kind of stood my ground there, whatever it's, And that's not even like a, I actually think I know what I'm like saying here is completely accurate. Uh, but the point to all of this is, I really, really think as we draft and as we're getting later in the year, be less like a homer, maybe might be the word, or less, uh, I guess, stuck in stuck in your ground. Unless it was Blake Wheeler, of course, unlike um, <laughs> this player is bad because I think ADP is getting pretty efficient and any guy drafted in the NHL for these lobbies is probably a pretty good player. Um, there's not many guys you're going to be picking that are truly dust without an injury. Anything you want to add to that? kind of point and just kind of like as things move around like don't be don't overreact the news to the nth degree either type of stuff just sort of you know anything you want to add? yeah no i mean um
1: yeah i think it's fine to have underweight stances on certain players but you know it's being flexible We, we talked about it last week where if a guy slips 10 picks past adp um you know you're probably just being stubborn if you pass on him you know to grab a different player at that same position you know just for um the purposes of yep. your drafting decision making uh there's so many edges you know we still load up lobbies and two to three to four even five players sometimes are taking you know five centers taking uh, one goalie like only there's only so more many and edges. more <laughs> yeah and you know ideally yeah, I, that yeah. ramps up as we get closer to the season and you know uh the excitement starts to uh it continues to, to heighten um But, you know, there's just a lot of edges in the lobby that you don't need to put yourself on a limb and say, you know, if this player fails, then my season's over, you know, and you can do that. You you certainly can. That's a perfectly valid way to play. You're upping your win equity if you're right, but you're leaving yourself a lot of downside um, where, you know, you showed it last year, DJ, like you can profit from this contest without actually winning it this year. It's much tougher, of course, um, but by just being a strong sort of uh, structural player. Um, you can do very well without needing like, you know, insane player stances. So,
0: um, and we have had some player stances. Oh, sorry. I was going to transition us into exactly what we're going to talk about. Were you about to do it as well? No, you you bet on the same page. We've made some player stances. We've uh, already sort of gotten ahead of some curves. We may have accidentally thought we were getting ahead of a curve that we weren't getting ahead of, and I'm ready to pull it up as soon as you share it again, because you had shared it before we started and then took it away. Um, we're gonna go over our kind of. I'm, I'm at ninety seven, and you're at eighty. You at eighty? I don't remember your exact number now. Uh, I'm
1: at like eighty. I have eighty in my, uh, you know, that I'm gonna share okay. is eighty drafts. I have like eighty two. Okay. As of now, but uh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, basically, okay. last week we were negative. You know, uh, the the whole Babcock thing came and went, and you know, just kind of a negative stink. And so now we want to be positive again. And you know it's fine to look at you know uh, here who are your highest film players like okay cool like that's great but we've talked a lot about how you know DJ, DJ one of DJ's uh, highest film players is Roman Yosi and Roman Yosi goes in you know pick twenty and he was getting him at pick forty five so like what gives um, you know so I sort of wanted to put a little bit of actual data to that and so uh, what I am sharing here is basically our top exposures. Yes. And you could get that, you know, when we draft, you'll see that on the underdog um, tab and whatnot, but also some additional detail around that. Um, you know, uh, so precisely um, DJ, you might want to get rid of our faces. Yeah. For, eh, yeah, okay. it's not
0: good. That might this be this or we just, which one?
1: I think, I think the, uh, I think the faces is fine actually. Cause I can zoom That's in right. a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can zoom in on each. So basically what we're looking at is a sort order, our top exposures, DJ's on the left, I'm on the right, Th- this uh this little guy is where we're not trying to get lost. Um, and basically we're just going to go through, um, really, very quickly, sort of anything that stands out as far as, obviously, you know, it's sorted in order of our exposure to said player. So my highest-owned player is Shea Theodore, followed by March or so followed by Boldy, DJ's at Forsberg, Samsonov, Tippett. Um, but where I think this gets interesting is I have listed the current ADP of each player. Um, so, you know, you'll see that Shay Theodore goes at pick 119.9. Next to that, we have where we've drafted the player. So I had, you know, uh, we have our exposure sh- sheets that uh, Underdog can send us via email, the CSVs. I basically, you know, tortured those to spit out, okay, now tell me where we've gotten those players on average. You know, if this were just a draft lobby of, just my drafts, Uh, what is the ADP on Shea Theodore? And so you see that's about 119. So when you compare the two via what we call ADP value, just sort of, where have you been getting him versus where does he go now? There's not much value there. You know, it's slightly negative, but pick 119, pick 120, you know, it's it's about on average. Next to that, in this little sparkline cell here, I have over time, uh, where have you been drafting when have you been drafting this player so for instance you can see here going from left to right in the first week since this contest opened I was getting a ton of Shea Theodore over time that's kind of dwindled um and so I'll start things off and basically say the reason for that is I thought that Shea Theodore was going to rise like a rocket when I realized that like oh crap like this dude is top five and you know shots per 60 he was just on the power play smash in the playoffs etc cetera, etc cetera. um but people you know uh, Rightly so, honestly, Uh, do realize that he's a bit of a one trick pony in fantasy circles. He he doesn't really hit. He's not going to block a ton of shots. Um, So, you know, you're really betting on an offensive explosion for him to uh, be a league winner. And of course that can happen. But basically the field didn't follow me. So I was like, all right, well, let's put the brakes on a bit. And, you know, don't worry, I still take Shachay Theodore when he drops to me. I still have 40%, but it's not quite the, you know, 75% that it was in the first week of this contest. And so that's just one example. Um, You can see all the way down the board, like, where certain players of ours have been going. Um, So I guess let's start on the left side, DJ. Um, Because you have gotten some pretty extreme values on all of your top players here. So I just want to say, you know, down to Marty Nachos. Kudos to you for your first eight players. I don't know if you're driving ADP here or if, you know, you're just too sharp and, uh, you know, uh, following the winds before they blow. But um, I mean, who's your favorite player of this sort of group of eight that you've gotten extreme value on and that you've been drafting, you know,
0: very heavily across your drafts. Yeah, it's definitely William Nylander. That one just seemed like the biggest uh, insane beginning value that existed. And it was like me and two other players. Um, I'm sure one of them at least is probably in here watching. And It was just who's going to do it first, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and for a while there, it was it was like you didn't you didn't, you're like if I could just get one more. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think I mentioned he started way 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 later. Um, for a while, it was Yosi, but I kind of still been drafting him as you're showing there a little bit still, just mm-hmm. sort of like when I get him at the turn and whatnot. So it's just not quite as insane as it once was. Um, and then I think finally Cole Caulfield. Those are probably my top three where it's like I really think that for some reason people just weren't quite weighting the potential of Cole Caulfield correctly. He didn't play every game last year. Underdog seems to just not really have a efficient ADP um at all. I think there's clearly just like you can make it such yeah. an easy case for those the two Flyers players that like they get in bad graces or they get, you know, moved to a team that doesn't use them in a similar capacity or like whatever. Um I'm not really worried about Caulfield, Nylander, Yosi
1: so close here.
0: All right. Um so yeah, I
1: well it's interesting about Caulfield is he more so than the Nylander and Yosi that you mentioned. You've got an extreme value on him and most of that came from your early um exposure to
0: to Caulfield. Um I mean there's, there's been a like, hype obviously- there's been some hype around him. Outside of like just mm-hmm. us, um, I mean, not that we yeah. really drive the market as much as we probably think, but I mean, there's a guy Matt Larkin, I think was one that's like, Could Caulfield score 50? Like, Could he win the Rashard? Huh, like, I know he was tweeting you know. about that, and I was like, You know, shut up, man. I'm, I'm trying to take him dude. like, stop it, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super, like, I quote tweeted it actually, it was like, I'm super duper high on Caulfield, and like, there's no way he's winning the Rashard, but like. I, I do think yeah. others in the, in the, you know, are kind of realizing like, man, if this guy takes a small step forward, plays 82 games, you're talking about a 45 goal scorer, potentially like that, the shot's insane. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. um So, so after that, we get into some interesting uh, trends in that you look at, you know, you look at my um, values and I'm not super high on anyone who's like, uh, who I'm getting at quote unquote poor value. So like, you know, Kucherov, Sorokin, they're like, you know, a couple spots ahead of ADP when I tend to take them. Uh, Ron is a last round guy, you know, don't really care. Um, What I find interesting is that the Marty Nachos, Brent Burns, you know, most of this comes from your early drafting. So obviously things may have changed, Um, but tell me like sort of you've gotten Nachos well ahead of where he currently goes. Same with Brent Burns. Have you sort of like cooled off on these two players and you're probably going to see that exposure drop? You think you're going to sort of pick back up on those guys now that ADP has fallen? Um, like, what is your plan with these Carolina fellows here?
0: Yeah. Um, I was, I think I was just probably wrong on Burns early on. Um, it just seemed like a player that was way too far down the line. You kind of, you know, get caught up in the I still don't have a defenseman. And that was sort of, you know, like we obviously have talked about it nauseam, like a bit of strategy waiting on defense. Mm-hmm. And he kind of felt like, okay, the last dance partner at the table as far as elite players go. Could he come back and, and perform at the same level? Yes, I, I'm much more concerned that it won't happen. Um, you know, I, you know, you hear interviews and players talk about Brent Burns. You know, oh, what an amazing shape he's in, one of the best shots from the point, yada yada. But like, guys getting old. Um, so and there is a lot of very good defensemen in Carolina, as I went over on the preview. Um, Natras I'm not going to stop drafting I do think that he is probably one of the best eight round centers that exist on the board he is like a perfect I think number two um, he had pretty good rates last year like I don't know what it is exactly other than like maybe people just inherently think oh he's the second center on this team like he's not but like I think he's probably going to play just as much as Aho. he's going to be on the top power play he kind of cemented himself in that role and he's an incredibly young player and he's been around for a few years, but like, what is he 23 24? Like how old is Martin H. House? Honestly, yeah, you know? actually, I don't think he's right. 24. I don't think he's that old either. Like, what is he 20, whatever, right? Uh, 24. He, he's 24, oh, so yes. okay, cool. It's kind of coming into his prime. And you know, if he's with the if he's not with special, whatever they do, like, I still think he drives the boat for his line. Um, so. I think he's only dropped because center's dropped, but I don't think he should have dropped as far as he has.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, and totally fair. Um, just just a couple of players just stood out. Um, beyond that, I think, uh, you know, interesting, obviously Lucas Raymond, you know, it's at the bottom of this list here at only 17.5%. But, you know, when you consider that the average player should be on your teams about eight and a half percent of the time, if you're just clicking buttons at random, of course, um, that's a pretty hefty, um exposure and interestingly you've gotten him you know well later in drafts early on than he currently goes now um you know you haven't taken much of him in the recent weeks as you can see here on the right um you have a little bit uh the last handful of weeks but really this was mostly early on you were drafting lucas raymond um any sort of different thoughts on detroit based on that or um any anything you want to say about raymond beyond what we
0: know yeah. uh he he didn't have an initial adp so he was like a last round pick to start um about shown by the 152 so yeah i mean i think that there's still a ton of talent a very very young player just kind of the right profile um just we didn't see the shooting volume but if he is with the brinket and larkin he obviously gets a bit of a boost I, i'm not very high on this detroit team compared to others so while people are scooping larkin and DeBrinket, they're kind of you know noticing that lucan raymond that lucas raymond in a kind of a winger dead zone i think not many it's like tom wilson lucas raymond a couple others it's like i think people are just jumping up and taking him so i'm just not getting him anymore which is fine because i think he's efficiently priced now but he absolutely should not have been ever ever going undrafted um and like i said he just didn't have an adp to start so i had him i think uh it was something like 88 percent in the first like 18 or whatever <laughs> i, I it was an absolutely ridiculous amount as you can kind of see by the bar the bars there. Um, Yeah, very, I think I missed him in like the first two lobbies, someone else that's also sharp grabbed him. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) So yeah, um, the the question is, you know, when you're drafting players late, um, you know, it, it used to be at least not really as much anymore. It's like, what is the ceiling of Lucas Raymond? And I would prefer to take a guy that's like 21 years old that showed flashes of dominance before last year than a guy that's like, I guess, you know, patch ready or something. That's Yeah, like, I get it.
1: He has, yeah. so he's profiled in his NHL career so far as an all offense player. And also, in addition to that, really a usage player in that he's not generating looks for him or his team really, but he's using them. So like if he now gets to play alongside Alex Dabrinkit, who, you know, uh, Dylan Larkin is a very good player, but Dabrinkit's probably a level above that offensively. Um, there, there could be some, you know, a hidden upside there if he keeps the power play one job. Um, you know, obviously to brink it is a threat to that, but um, I get it, I, I get the bet. Um, I'm not nearly as high on him, I don't think. Um, but you know, I, I perfectly understand the upside case for 16.5 uh, for Lucas
0: Matthews. Uh,
1: yeah, I know. Exactly. I'm. Not, I was actually surprised to see that I'm higher than uh, on you than. uh I you know you, oh, yeah just I'm just two. I yeah you I'm were saying that you got right. Matthews at like six or seven, which is interesting because you know I've gotten him I at two point
0: seven, and you've gotten him at four point really? one. So you know. Well, I'm taking him. Like, I guess I'm done, kind of taking him at two as much, but I, I I'm kind of hit or miss. If I will take him or dry, so I let yeah. you just because like I have so much Matthews, <laughs> it doesn't really matter, but. I mean he was like started at like 980. Actually, I'm just gonna pull it up really quick. What was his original HP? Yeah. It I think it was nine. It may have been higher. And it's just like, okay, I pick seventh. I will take Matthews. Like, I don't know. And now he's, yeah. you know, two. So um yeah. Um, Again, drafting early can, can benefit you, but yeah, let's go over your team. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you you can see that. Um, you know, this little bar here on the right. That's like one of your highest early week players, like Phil Forsberg. Uh, Brent Burns we talked about and um, Matthews are sort of like the three guys who you really got a lot of in the first week, uh, as you can see from um, this column here and just uh, otherwise a couple goalies you beat the field on. Um, Obviously I share the uh, Bennington uh, love, not love. I don't know. Well, what's the right word for that? The Bennington uh, upside, I think, you know, the upside piece I see for Bennington, the starts seem pretty secure. Um, and the field has really rocketed up uh, his ADP. We move over to my uh, my exposures here. Obviously, um, I'll try and cover the same sort of format so we're not just talking about every single player here at Nauseam. Um, But of like the top handful of players, you can see that unlike DJ, I haven't really been uh, beating ADP necessarily on these players who I would call quote-unquote my guys uh, this year. Um, and of course that's you know a bit of a concern because ideally if I'm saying this guy's a great play you know you guys out there are going to agree with me the field's going to get sharper you know ADP is going to get sharper and basically what has been sort of given as feedback to me by the field not really adjusting is that maybe that's not right and so you know I've taken that Um, you can see that uh, based on the feedback you know i already talked about the shea theodore how over time i've really trended off my shea theodore exposure of course i'm taking him you know uh, around adp when he passes adp i'm happy to take him and probably will boost him up maybe even a little bit more toward like the 45 percent as we uh close down things here you know with with training camp updates and we see the vegas top power play so on and so forth you know just to sort of confirm the things that i believe um so that could still increase, but I'm certainly not gunning for like hundred percent the way I was early on. Um, otherwise I think the Sorokin one's interesting. You know, that's just a guy who like he's in that glut of goalies where I don't really care. Like if I'm t- t- taking a guy at the two, three turn, or if I'm picking at pick 18 and I have, you know, my star wing and I don't really want to take a Tage Thompson or Peterson, just, you know, given the DDP environment, I might take Sorokin over a Nylander or a Gensel, Rick reaching on a wing, because I just think that Sorokin is the best goalie on the board. Um, that is not the case in the field. You know, the field has Sturkin and I think Vasilevsky's ahead of him as well. Um, but just, just a little bit of interest uh, there that really I've been steady on these guys throughout drafting season. You know, uh, we can see that it's not like I've gotten a ton of the guys early and then just stopped taking them. Um, but we move down the list and we see finally the Samsonov, a little bit of steam, um, but Kemper and Bennington were two guys who I was pounding the table for, um, basically from day one, saying like, these guys are, you know, really good values at their current ADP. And so you can see that when I've gotten these guys, it's 27 spots ahead of his current ADP for Bennington on average. So, you know, now I'm taking him at 110 and that's lowering my average, but, you know, it, the history matters here as well. Um, And then Darcy Kemper too. It's just like, you know, I think the the workload is locked in. The team isn't terrible. Like it might not be good, but um, so I think that's a much more efficient ADP for Kemper at the current moment. Um, Jeff Skinner. I remember being pretty high on very early on Um, his ADP has moved. So to the point where I'm not rushing to take him over players like Johnny Gaudreau, um, Kevin Fiala. Um, he sort of now sits in that range of like those wingers, whereas before he was in the next tier after. Um, so you can see that I took him a lot early and I basically stopped. You know, it's not because I don't like Skinner. It's just that I don't think he's nearly as good of value at this ADP than he was going a full round later early on. Um, but yeah, Tristan Jari, another goalie uh, we were early too. Anyone else here stand out to you, DJ, that you want to talk about? Because I feel like most of these guys have come up naturally in conversation at some point.
0: Yeah, I think we were just early on most goalies. uh, I don't really – I really do think it was like last year anyone that drafted goalie in the first round got absolutely smoked and people may have just like for some reason decided that drafting goalies early was wrong, but I think that was the wrong Mm -hmm. takeaway. Like, um, yeah, no, we were very early on goalies. I do want to kind of make a point to Sorokin Um, I think it's kind of like this the Islanders aren't as good as they once were mentality that's kind of boosting up the others around him, which first off, I mean, I think they're still at least a bubble playoff team. But I mean, what just because they were what 10? I think I just looked it up. Yeah, 10th at five on five and all strengths as far as Corsi against for sixty. But doesn't that help Sororkin? Maybe like he's gonna see more volume, even if you know his peak weeks are gonna be higher. His values might not be as bad if he does struggle, or if the team struggles to win, um, just because they'll still see a lot of volume. So the Islanders being more fun could help him. Um, obviously, if they completely bottom out or something goes dramatically wrong, I guess the the floor on Sorokin could be a little bit lower. But I kind of I I agree. Like I take him over everyone but Shisterkin. um and, and I think they're pretty close. I don't think it's that far off. So. I do think that's an important note, but if people want to keep letting me get him in the middle of the second round or whatever. I'll keep taking him. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't really have anything. I think everything's pretty good. I wish I got a little more bold, boldly earlier. Um, just again, kind of in that range where he was going, it just, he's, he's risen quite a bit. Um, and it's been tougher and tougher people, especially like the Caprizov traptors are just kind of grabbing him. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's probably about it. I don't, nothing I really notice here that is, right. I
1: think everything's um, good. Yeah. Cool. Let's, um. so Malik has one comment. Uh, unfortunately, I don't, uh, I'll need to think about how to even answer that question. If I want to, if I want to put in the effort to answer that one specific question, um, I would urge uh, Billy Jones, if you're out there, um, you know, that that's a question that maybe you could answer with, uh, with, with my, with my data here, who knows, you know, I'm not sure what exactly you have uh, cooked up, but um you know, if you're listening, what's up? And uh two, you know, maybe that's the sort of thing that your more advanced uh powers can uh delve into. Yeah. I mean I will say well, based on the deal, I, I would guess maybe if I've taken them 38 times, maybe twice, they're my first goalie. I'm very much uh getting ahead of pretty much all of the uh elite goalies. So yeah, um, yep. if we just I if we probably... quickly go if we quickly go here and just filter on uh, what's the best way
0: to do this? Yeah, while you're, well, yeah, while you're doing that, it's like it's like if it is, that isn't a good thing. It might be. It might have happened once or twice, but you don't want that to ever happen. If your first goalie is Kemper or Bennington, you're probably getting pretty far behind um, on goalie, which you should not. So my suggestion yeah. would be to never have that happen. And if it happens once or twice in the you know entirety of drafting, it is what it is, but don't get buried by the goalie avalanche. Um, you may just end up nuking $10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This
1: is, this is great. Uh, yeah, This is, this is wonderful uh, television here. I don't, I don't even know. I don't really I know can... what you
0: wanted to do exactly, but I, I wanted to I'm filter sure...
1: just on the goalie position, but it's not part of this table. Mm. So I can't really filter on it. It's a, uh, it's a big old disaster. Um, so I'm just I'm just taking else in these streets. Um, but let's yeah. jump. Do you want to jump into a draft now? Anything else you want to talk
0: about? Uh yeah. Hold on a second. Let me just right. present. I'll share. I'll share. Uh, here. Here is it. Let window. me. Oh, you know what? Hold on. I guess I gotta change one thing here. Look like I don't have the second screen up. I'm gonna share the entire screen too, and show because uh yeah, Billy Jones. I guess maybe is in. In here i don't know he hasn't commented he did a couple things for me just wanted to kind of show it off um probably nine to twelve maybe yeah well let's jump in while i show this off it'll be it'll be oh, sh- a good idea shoot. okay uh um, all right are you joining I'm jump my... yeah i'm gonna jump in on my phone so then i do love the nhl all right better hurry better hurry and I, I, clicked it, I clicked it clicked it clicked it oh okay. i was in i'm in i'm in i'm in okay. okay anyways though he just first off wanted to show uh Influencer 101 is not completely real, but pretty good, one through four, if I do say so myself. Um, a lot of six and sevens for me so far, but alas, um, the next thing, which I'm dragging over, and I'm guessing you can see. He did a nice little chart for me here, kind of showing some of my uh, biggest you know, values uh, sorted by the pick number this time. Um, well, this so, is your
1: top team. So this is this is one this is one
0: team of yours. Is it really?
1: Yeah. Oh. Op current value team. What do you think that means?
0: Oh my God. Yeah, I really honestly uh I didn't even realize that. I thought that was just like a I was wondering if <laughs> English language is difficult. Out. But that but I pick a lot of these players for the cover just for this reason. Yeah, I that I can't read. Um yeah. No, I know. Team value gained, current ADP. are so just kind of showing Yeah, You talk. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm focusing on like eight things at once right now, and the draft is legitimately starting. Um, I, I, you're I, five. I I'm 12. Um, wait, you told me yeah. to talk. Wait, wait, what? You're right. Let me just pull up the freaking underdog. Anyway, I my, my I top exposure defense. goalies. Um,
1: I, I showed the top five. After that, Carter Hart, UC Saros, Georgiev, uh, Ottinger. All of those guys above 12%. So, like, Vasileski 10%. I'm above field on basically every elite goalie you can possibly imagine. Um, besides Hellebuck, read last week's uh, uh, newsletter to to hear my argument there. Um, or lo- watch last week's show. Um, but, yeah, that that's really uh, the, the gist of it. I'm not getting Kemper or uh, Bennington as my last goalie unless something dramatic has happened. All right. I have number five. Off. Um I will take David Pasternak. Um, I don't think Kachuk is any better than Pasternak, and um, I've considered Rantanen at six over Kachuk, um, and we'll probably start taking that. Um, but yeah, that's you know a pretty easy draft slot. One one of those centers doesn't fall to me at five. Pasternak I think is the best wing uh, in fantasy, and boom down. Yeah, um, so DJ, you have the 12-13, you have the turn at the back of the first round. Um, What are your thoughts on getting, quote-unquote, unique with your picks? Like, are you a guy who is willing to take, for instance, you know, Brady Kachuk and then reach for, like, a Willie Nylander or, like, you know, something a bit more unique? Or are you very much, like, I think that the top, you know, 15 players are the best players, so I'm just going to mix from that group at the
0: 12-13 turn. I guess I could be talked into it, but I don't know how. Yeah. I mean, it's probably an interesting point. Honestly, I haven't really thought about it a ton of like reaching a little bit. This... Yeah. I mean, let's see who's here. Well, I'm going to take Capriz off for sure. I'm way under on him and he slips a few past ADP. So that's a no doubter for me. Um, yeah. I haven't really considered doing something where it's like Kucherov or Brady and Nylander, but I, I, could very easily be convinced um but I think in this situation I'm just going to take the Russians Kaprizov, and Ovechkin um hard to pass up the value on Kaprizov, and I'll just run winger here um hard to beat those two so yeah I, yep, I, I think it sure. is the or Connor though I, I could I could see that you know not reaching to get Timo just kind of letting your um your huge drafter do do that that turn if they'd like to, um, letting the Stutzel, you know, kind of like the normal pairings go. But I feel like Caprizov and Oveshkin's already unique. Like why? Or something you don't have to.
1: For sure. Um, yeah, I did not expect Caprizov to fall to you at 12. Um, but, you know, I've thought 100%. about it because, like, you know, if you're asking me, like, all right, Kucherov, I think he's the, the 12th pick pretty easily. Um, but, like, between you look here. You know Ovechkin, Makar, Stutzla, Marner, Tage. Like, am I really afraid of any of those guys being the guy you had to have at the you know front of the second round? To me, the answer is really no. So I've sort of been torn between like you know do I uh, reach a little bit for you know a Nylander or a Connor and almost like guarantee a unique uh, one-two build you know that sort of idea. Um, so like this, I have Kyle Connor here at pick 20 at the honestly i've been drafting so
0: many russians i don't even mean to honestly i didn't really think about i I guess they are both russian i pointed that out but i i really like every stream i feel like it's like just the all russia roster every time I i don't really plan on it i guess they do like conceivably have this feeling of like they shoot more but um yeah i definitely don't think about where they're from when i'm drafting but yeah, this one's filled instantly. We'll definitely do one after. And, and Willie isn't here. All right, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I did look at them a couple of times, but when I originally looked at the things you that you sent me, I was in the middle of like eight drafts. I was like doing like four or five because I'm going to probably max the stupid um, dog bowl. I mean, Matt, it's freaking Florida Panthers are home that weekend too. So it's a free Ooh. trip to see the Florida Ooh. Panthers play. I mean, I got to go see Reinhardt.
1: I mean, yeah. Well, I already
0: did. I I went
1: last year. I bought a Reinhardt jersey. Um, I did the you whole know, thing, man. Mad
0: because I really wanted that exact jersey very badly. But I will definitely yeah. buy a jersey too if I go. Um, oh, you could buy you could yeah, buy a no. Montour jersey. I I mean, that's a really good call. I actually might buy a Montour jersey. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I I really want to win a ticket though. Last week I was busy at a music festival and I wanted to start drafting. I did one team, but I was just like, not having a lot of time um, basically every day I was heading out and mm-hmm. tired and just like, yeah, you're on the clock here. I feel like, okay. okay I, was gonna say, I thought
1: about, I was pondering hard with uh, Elias Patterson, um, but you
0: know, there goes nah. George.
1: Yep, and that's that's really um, once Georgiev goes, I'm pretty sure that's a dramatic fall off at the goalie position. You know, I made my case against Ooh. Hellebuck. Um, and then if after that it's Demko olmark sort
0: of after that.
1: So I'm really happy to get uh, an elite goalie in every draft I'm in.
0: There's the old Page Robertson Crosby start. Come on, take Vidard. <laughs> Do it Vidard's gonna rise because of one preseason game like and i'm super impressed by bedard like it's nothing against him at all i i thought people with like the dumbest weirdest takes they're just like oh my god yeah well he beat up on prospects and i'm like the best prospects like that he ever played against all of them at once yeah he still beats up on them yeah it's pretty good um like all of the best players from the league he was just in are you know more or less in these camps with him and and all other leagues etc there he goes
1: yeah, the Bedard wars have been waging. Um, I, it's. I don't really know what else to say beyond what I've already said. In that he profiles unlike any prospect we've ever seen since maybe twenty year old Alex Ovechkin coming into the league. Um, his yeah. shot rates are otherworldly. The offense he generated on a dogshit WHL team. Uh, you know, extremely good. His world juniors production dwarfs that of Connor McDavid at the same age, not saying he's better than McDavid, but there's a case to be made that he is a better fantasy prospect than McDavid at the same age. And so if Bedard is as good as he I guess, you know, if Bedard hits his ceiling, that ceiling is so much freaking higher than every other center beyond the top four, that it's not even funny. Like I think his ceiling is greater than that of Jack Hughes at his current age. And that's not to say that I think it will happen, but Bedard shot so much as a prospect in the juniors that like he could genuinely be like a, you know, 22, 23, I core C four per 60 guy and be the elite guy in the league in, in that mark. Um, and do the sort of point production on a bad team where he gets all the power play time and whatnot. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm not taking him a ton, I, but yeah. it's
0: just so easy to see the bull case. Um, I would literally, I felt like I was going to say exactly what you were saying. It was like, I totally agree with every word you just said. And I'm still, this not drafting him a ton because it's just hard to justify at that spot when it's like, Especially for me, and as, as uh, TJ kind of points out, I got some pretty nice value there. Like, am I really going to take him over Matt Boldy? Like, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? I, I could have, but I don't know. I mean, I got him as late well, as 50. Now the hype you is crazy. You actually couldn't have because he went before you. Oh, he but. went. You're right. He went anyways. So, yeah. Kind of helped me get Matt Boldy, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my plan, um, yeah, I mean, 5 of 15. I, yeah, it, it, I feel like I'm going to be underweight on him, and it could cost me. And I know that, but I just don't think it's going to cost me very much. Um, I also understand that if he starts slow and just kind of figures it out pretty quickly and he does get to his peak, man, those playoff weeks could be incredibly valuable, especially if he doesn't advance super high because, again, just kind of getting used to the league. Um, But I don't know. It just seems it's still to me like you take like a median projection on him. You just take what the sports books are telling you and you just say, okay, this guy is – probably still being overdrafted and if you want to you know make up your own stuff it's easy to do it's very easy to do it's not even made up like you're making all the points um I actually was watching the with a video on like NHL network which I still have been invited on so I'm sure they're watching right now and they're gonna invite me next uh next uh, show on fantasy sports or fantasy hockey but they were talking about Bedard, and the one guy's like, "I just can't see him getting up 30 goals." But then just like went into the exact same kind of explanation you went into about how amazing he is, and it's just funny how people <laughs> are like, "There's no way he's gonna come in and score 31 goals." But my god, the best shot we've ever seen. It's just really funny how it's just like, you, "Yeah, you just don't really do it."
1: Yeah. um So. There's a big difference, I think, in the NFL uh, rookie environment because there's no developmental league for the NFL. You know, you're in college. Yeah, that's developmental, you know, obviously. But once you get drafted, there's nowhere for you to go. Like, you know, you're you're basically sink or swim versus in the NHL. You get drafted. You can go to to college. You can uh, go back to juniors. um, You can play overseas, of course, if you're a foreign um, foreign player. Then you come to America, and unless you're one of these top, top, top tier prospects, of which there are maybe two to three in a given year at most, you're probably playing in at best the AHL. Um, So when you're talking about a rookie from the, the perspective of like the NFL or, sorry, the NHL and like fantasy drafting, you're normally talking about either two, maybe three of the most talented players in that year's draft class or you're talking about players who are basically the same age as established NHL superstars, you know, uh, like Arthur Kaliev this year is, uh, you know, he's not quite a rookie because he's played a bunch of games, but he's a really young guy who's, you know, 21, 22, that we're expecting to break out. That's not really the same thing as saying like, Oh, you know, this is a a, a college football player who got drafted this year, had to sit, you know, third, fourth in line for, for snaps. Like it doesn't really work like that. Like if you're going to make the NHL, NBA fantasy producer you're probably starting on the top you know in the top six like there's not really that much of an earned progression um as CJ grabs Samsonov and Jari at the 5-6 turn um so without doing the actual data analysis my guess is no um you know maybe if you look at only the top pick every year maybe they get better as the year goes on um, but honestly, that's probably skewed by the fact that McDavid was nuclear for his first 50 or so games as a rookie, and then got hurt in this rest of the year. So like, if you're looking at first 50 games, you know, next 30, you're missing Connor McDavid from the split. So like, you know, uh, are you really gaining something uh, by doing that on average? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so my sense is no, it's just a different dynamic. Um, but, you know, uh, that's not a database data based uh, assumption. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very easy to watch Connor Bedard and say, this guy's going to change quite a bit like, I'm mean, going to change the league, I guess, McDavid and, and whatnot. like, is he, you know, if I'm um, going to do that year one, but uh, it's very easy to watch him and say, this guy's going to easily break 30 goals. And it's also easy to say he's 18. This team sucks. You know, everyone's going to talk themselves into the circle on Bedard this season. That's in the space and every projection that you see is going to be kind of uh In my opinion, even you know, and I was talking about the puck lock one, it's really, really probably hard to actually get like a perfect depiction of a player of this caliber, no matter what or how much you put into it. Um, really hard to know, but Matt, you're on the clock here,
1: yeah. Um, March or so
0: going through a wrench in my plans, yeah. That was, yeah, wow, it's got to be number one for for you for Mo, number the first timer.
1: Nope, uh, I had. Two point six percent, which means I think I have two. Is that what that
0: means? Yeah,
1: I think that means I have two. Actually, I don't know if I've updated on this computer in a while. What my exposures are? I have
0: been been teetering on it uh, a couple, couple two, three times around the same spot. Don't have a defenseman yet, and I think why not buy him this year? Uh, Definitely all categories type of player. uh, Very young, very talented getting better it makes so much sense to bite on it this year than last year where it was going in like the same spot and i just every yeah time um i'll talk myself off it let me
1: let me tell uh both the newsletter and what i linked in there from you wanna, uh you want to pull from, it up or you wanna...
0: yeah yes yes okay. yes so um i just add the same screen if you want Okay. Uh, you can see the page, right? I I can. It's just
1: it's not it's it's nothing. It's, I'm not sharing the actual thing yet. I'm just I have so many freaking tabs open. Um, I always do. I always do. That's that's my lot in life. All right. So in here, uh, let me know if I'm on the
0: clock. By the way, uh, in oh you are oh, world, you are. You are. Oh, You're on the clock. You're on the clock. I You're on the clock. You're on the clock. Yeah. Uh oh. Oh, I, I was I, I was not looking. Eight seconds seven seconds all right how about it wasn't easy at least it was an easy pick because i was looking i was like there's one guy (laughs) here that's real easy but all right okay
1: um and so this is from uh from billy jones and the article that he and nick noel so don't know nick i don't know if he's in here or not um but basically they wrote uh, a pretty interesting article that uh, I linked in my newsletter um, that again you can find if you go to my Twitter profile um, and subscribe to it um, where basically there were some uh, visuals that I really enjoyed you know the the, the basics are of, of best puck you know things that we've known and discussed um, but basically looking at sort of production based on blocks and hits versus production based on you know goals assists shots because those are the only five ways you can score underdog fantasy points so what do these defensemen look like you know when you sort of break out their production by those measures we see that on offense of course the carlsons the Kal McCars, the roman Yosses, they really offensively what makes roman Yossi so good is that he adds on these defensive numbers you know just league average ish among these defensemen but still very very good most cider is an interesting case because he's right here next to Jacob chuba. you can get 60 picks later in the draft pretty much. Um, but most Sider is just pummeled with opportunity and he does not take advantage of it. So if one of these years he decides to become good at offense and like actually score points and not suck, then he is going to rock it up because guess what if he's sitting somewhere where my mouse is and like just a league average like a number one defenseman, he's going to smash in fantasy um so you know yeah. some of the stats i pulled that of the 13 players with 250 minutes on the power play he's dead last in power play points for 60 minutes he's 13th in the percentage of points that he sent percentage of goals he gets a point on and he's 12th in shots per 60 so he doesn't do anything with all the opportunity he gets but if that changes you're looking at an absolute league winner so um you're uh, yeah again yeah uh, okay what'd you do at the turn here Carlson uh, John
0: Carlson. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think Tippett was going to get back to you there if you would have liked it or not, but yeah, I mean, Carlson go with Ovechkin and Tippett to add to my no. uh, my lot of wingers that are pretty solid. We can just stay on your screen, though. Um, you're on the clock here anyways. All
1: right, I'll take it easy. easy. Yeah. Um,
0: two goalies, oh. one D. Yep. Service the audio listener. Let's hear the team.
1: Perfect. So, uh, I have one center, Mika Zibanejad. A couple of picks after ADP. I have four wingers at this point after eight rounds. Uh, Pasternak at the fifth pick, Kyle Connor, Brad Marchand, and Travis Konechny. Uh Pasta and Marchand, obviously a, a mini stack there. I have Mosider at defense, who I was just talking about, and then in goal I have UC Saros and Darcy Kemper. Um, that is, you know, very much so a typical uh, draft for me. Where I take one of these elite goalies, I grab one of the seventy to hundred guys who I really like, um, and then you know uh, sometimes I'll try and use the uh, pinned. Let's see, can I can I pull it up and drag it to if I if I share this now and look at the pinned pin thing here, you know uh, mm-hmm. Nick in our discord went through and sort of figured out you know round one round two finals how many games do do each team play in uh those uh one week sprints so like there's two weeks in each round of course you're up you're up okay um and so something i'll tend to do is i'll sort of see eyeball like okay nashville and washington like how you know when do they play How you know this sort of uh okay now this is a conundrum that me cut me off mid sentence. If I'm betting on Mosider to be good offensively, I kind of need yep. to make the bet on Dylan Larkin too, huh? Um Kuzmenko, Bertuzzi, like the wings there are awful.
0: It's gotten ugly. has gotten ugly.
1: Yeah, I don't feel great about taking a uh defense there with Mosider, you know, so
0: um yeah, I'm, I'm
1: happy to take Larkin there. as, as happy as wow. I can be to take
0: Dylan Larkin, I suppose. We already have a few three-center teams. I have zero. Um, <laughs> we're about yeah. to get to the turn so here, and I will
1: just go to um, my team, but just have to, to sort of up there. yeah, just to visually show what I meant. Like when I take Nashville, we see that in round two, Nashville's got a pretty weak schedule—two games and three games. So, like even if you're saying Roman Yossi plays all the games in that week. He's getting out, you know. He's getting out started by some of these goalies. You know, obviously, like Carolina, you you're not expecting Freddie to make all four starts, but you know, just the idea of it is, if you have Nashville there, does Washington fill in those cracks? Well, actually, they kind of do. They have four starts each of those weeks, so Kemper could bail me out there. There's not really any position then where I'm like, oh crap, I need a goalie for that given week, so. Because of that, I don't really care. So I'll just take, you know, uh, a goalie when it makes sense, when a guy I like is around an ADP or something. But sometimes, you know, there'll be a week where it's like, oh, crap. Like, you know, I have Nashville with two games, and then I have, you know, Jari, who maybe has two games at the same time or something. And then I'll sort of go out of my way to say, okay, like, are there any teams that have four games that week? And say, okay, wow, is that Seattle? Like, okay, I'll, I'll make an effort to grab Grubauer a few spots ahead of ADP versus letting someone fall to me. Um, so that's like a very minor strategy thing. Odds are, it doesn't matter because you know, uh, you're unlikely to make the playoffs anyway, but when you don't really care about goalies, it's also one way to sort of make that decision for you. Um,
0: sure. All right. So, well, yeah, I just we went on. at the turn. Um, I'll give, I'll give my team a quick read. I'll go you on the clock next. Uh, still zero yep. centers. I thought about it. Um, I honestly, I wasn't going to take John Carlson. I was going to take one of the centers at the last turn. Um, I didn't really need a second defenseman yet, but everyone went. Um, Tavares, um, JT Miller, etc. So I ended up doing that. So my team right now is zero centers, which will not last long. Kaprizov, Ovechkin, Boldly, Tippett, Hagel, Jake DeBrusk, Rasmus Donnelly, and John Carlson, Ilya Samsonov, and Tristan Jari. Matt, back on the clock, 2-4-1-2. What will he do if he just grabbed Lucas Raymond here? <laughs>
1: um no I do not plan on drafting any more Detroit players um I will just take the Quinn Hughes uh, ADP value you know I don't hate Quinn Hughes I I totally understand why he's not uh, a great fantasy defenseman um but you know he goes 50 spots after Adam Fox and like are you telling me there's you know that much of a difference between those two as far as like what their upside could look like I'd argue no, Um, so, you know, whatever. Again, the wing really fell off. I have Pasternak, I have Connor, so I'm okay with waiting until later on to grab some of my favorite um, late round wings and not trying to stress. But, yeah, you have an interesting conundrum coming up because uh, with zero centers,
0: you know, uh, you're going to sort of need to fill. it got to be done. They got to they be done taking them. Everyone has three or two except for me and the big the David drafters on the clock right now. There's one more. I don't know. Audio's 99, but I feel like I've seen the name. Oh, he has two. Um, who, there wasn't one more with one. Oh, G-H-I DeHora. I don't really know where, where that's going, but they're in all our drafts. So I'm guessing they're in here too. Yeah, it's, um, it's a conundrum, but I think I'm, I'm going to be able to survive. Let's see how he brings it all. Home. Right. i uh i do wish you luck all right i'm sorry about the What's zoom the worst I, gonna happen. Forget.
1: I normally draft zoomed out on my uh thing because okay. you can't see you're your on the clock. goalies so yes i am on the clock yeah. and look at that she's your is just sitting there
0: um yep
1: you know whatever 3d by round 11 is probably not the best but um when I feel relatively insecure about cider Hughes, mm-hmm. Theodore, I'm just, you can't convince me there's that big of a difference between the next it, tier of centers and um, the, uh, centers and wings and goalies to, to really make
0: it matter. So I'll take Shay Theodore happily, three spots past ADP. It does feel like you drafted three massive spike week defensemen, though. Like all three of those guys could go otherworldly for a week at any point and score very, very, very high. Um, I do like that just fine. Honestly. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. uh, this is shaping up. Okay. This is all around. I, I this, this draft is, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how we finish here. I'm, I'm excited to see how cool Sm- Smurfer goes Swayman. Okay. That that I did not see coming. Um, I was like, what goal are you going to take? And they said yeah. that one. Um, so I am going to take, I think I'm going to take Carter Hart and Verhage. Um, definitely going to take Carter Hart. I'm just going to lock up my third goalie now. Verhage is not my favorite in the world, but volume's really good. Is he going to repeat the 40-goal season he had last year? Probably not, um, but did he do enough to maybe cement himself with Matt the Chuck? At least at five on five, if not getting some power play looks. I could go Erickson. I can build. No, nah, I'm just going to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Verhage. The ceiling's pretty high. The rates are super high. Um, 42 regular season goals last year, but yeah, I don't know. Not my favorite first center in, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's, um, yeah, you know, I don't really have much for Hagee, but that might be just like a personal thing where I just don't think he's, uh, he's going to be a relied upon guy in Florida. Like they have their horses, and I honestly might just straight up prefer Reinhardt, even though I know that the rates are slightly better for Verhage. I just trust the role more for for Samson. And that's really, um, you know, if Verhege's not on the top power play, like, yeah, I kind of feel like you're a bit uh, swimming uphill or swimming upstream there to to get relevant weeks I mean, out of him.
0: Yeah. It feels like he's been around for a while, but he's only 28, kind of in the prime of his career. It's just like if he had 42 last year without enough power play run to feel uh, ultra comfortable like what happens if he does end up getting in there so it's like you know the chuck reinhardt in the front Barkov. they're kind of defenseman lists to start the year and then you just you know throw him for Hagee with like you know maybe they go five forwards you know it's like when they start the year at least so um you're on the clock next you're a little bit carried on wing
1: I'm guaranteed one of my uh
0: comfy clicks here 10 spots, paid yeah. past
1: ADP as far as Grubauer and, Likkonen,
0: and that so yeah, the so goes and Grubauer it is. I, I, I mean, I think I asked you not on stream this, but I kind of felt like I was Grubauer over Hart, but I could be convinced either way. I'm pretty 50 50 on it, and I know there's some hesitation to draft Carter Hart, um, with the unknown Team Canada situation. which the only thing we I mean, there were some players that went like private on social media. Carter Hart was not one of them. So it's like maybe some people feel a little bit better about that now. He was like initially pretty like heavily named as being involved in that situation, but we just don't know if it's gonna affect the season at all. But let's take that out of the equation. Hart for Screwbauer, where do you where are you sitting?
1: Uh I prefer Carter Hart not considering that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I thought that's kind of where you were, and I, I my exposures are a little bit higher on Grubauer, so I don't really mind mixing in a bit more Carter Hart. You know, kind of the situation we all. God bless America. I was going to take cousins. Fifteen
1: um, percent Um and Grubauer. Obviously, I just took him, so I guess I, I guess it doesn't show on the screen when if, if I'm the one who no. took him. Um, but no, I think it was not. about like thirteen percent Grubauer.
0: Um, a few spots, yeah. what one spot I'm after heart in terms of ADP? Yeah, I'm pretty high. on am in right. Ah, I'm, man. Yep. Yeah, I was, I was really hoping to get that cousins pick, go cousins, and That could have been fun. Yeah, that uh, that hurts. I right, so, I take a can I take a bet. Can I take a bet on who you're going to take you're on the clock who now? Do you think Brock Besser?
1: That is a, uh, that is correct. I will take Brock. Besser. Okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, cool. Nailed it. Um goes well with Quinn Hughes, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Not even really thinking about that. Um, but maybe I would have yeah, them regardless. I didn't scroll down to take like a Duclair or something. But yeah, really I'm just drafting guys here that um I like. Like at this point I don't care about ADP. Like, yes, I will, you know, pay more attention to a guy like Eric Sinek, who's twenty spots past ADP to consider, you know, like capping off my two center build but like you're you know capping off my third center in the build like that obviously is a consideration but otherwise like yeah ryan hartman like if i like you know lafreniere more you know, then i'll just scroll past it like i just don't think it matters in this range um yeah what edp
0: is so well i mean i wasn't i was trying to skip eric's last time around but he's gonna get all the way back to me i have off and boldly I don't really know, about, you know, not, not a big fan of adding that third guy, but I guess whatever in this far best ADP, I'm going to do it. Oh, man. I think I'm going to. Yeah. It I off. mean, you're,
1: you're in an interesting position where you need the center points. So like, you know, it's not like you have a stud who, if Erikson, you know, if Kaprizov and Boldy have great weeks, like even if Erikson isn't the one scoring the goals, like he's probably getting some points and you just need to piece together some points from the center position um cuz you know I'm going to grab likely yeah like you're likely to lose center most weeks but it's just a matter of can you lose center by less than you win you know uh for example the wing position where you have you know three studs um the d position where you have two studs and the goalie position where you're perfectly uh perfectly fine as well so
0: right right yeah i mean honestly i was kind of half considering doing a four Seven two three here but I'm not sure if I'm that gonna is, do that
1: that is an interesting strategy which, I mean I think that makes sense Carlson.
0: Um, yeah I you're you're
1: taking on the risk of you know an injury like like you know if Carlson or Darlene miss three weeks and you have 3d it probably doesn't really matter that much but like if you only have two, like, that really could burn you. So it's a matter of sort of weighing, like, the downside versus the obvious upside that that creates. Like, come the playoff weeks, like, if they're firing on all cylinders and, you know, you can just scrape out an extra center worth of scoring, um, those points could be all the difference between advancing and not advancing in a two-week sprint. So,
0: um... Yeah, I mean... I got some good good options here for sure. Definitely a few guys I yeah. know you really like. So, Reinhardt or Duclair. Reinhardt.
1: I'll take Duclair. Um, <laughs> let's see. Queued up late. I need a center and a wing. We'll see if Reinhardt makes it back to me. Who knows? Um, but. There's tons and tons of centers that I'm perfectly fine with, so I'm not that worried about it. You can see I've taken some Pavel Zaka um, on a Pasternak team that makes a ton of sense as well for yep. that final center spot. Just hoping that you know uh, he takes the, the no. next step that he has to for Boston to to maintain their high position in the league. Um, but man, yeah, a lot of center options.
0: Mac what Mac, are you right with doing? the. Vanarin, Bustnevich, Blake Wheeler, uh, and Evander Kane. I mean, I just don't know how I'm going to beat them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is uh, that is quite a squad it, it, there. It's such a close, close but no cigar team. It, it almost makes me sad. Vassi? went double. Okay, yeah, they went double like, you know, and like with dry title, but it's just like, you just needed more at wing. Just didn't need mm-hmm. to, honestly, it's just like, I really think if they just didn't bite on RNH, the correlation, they didn't need to do and went winger there. This team could have been salvaged. It's Let's an interesting see. build. Yeah, just didn't quite take it all the way home. So, Matt, you did not get Reinhardt. You're on in two picks, but Mac, right? I'm begging thee, be, begging you to take two wingers. Just take two wingers. Do it for me. If you're listening, if you're not listening, feel my presence. I want you to take the winger I want. That's how much I'm rooting for you right now. Do it oh Uh-oh. disaster Uh-oh. <laughs> disaster robert thomas <laughs> oh, no. uh cairo oh, thomas busnevich no. i mean you got to bet no. on st louis to score a million goals oh no i
1: am racing to the podium making sure no one gets out ahead of me yeah. on in the
0: last round smart uh, that would have been that, that there's like three guys, four guys I'm, I'm interested in. And that was one of them. Man, why didn't you just take Vrana? Now I'm actually mad. He, if he would have taken Vrana, I would have been less yeah. mad. And he took Robert Thomas, a guy that refuses <laughs> to shoot the puck. He's awesome. I mean, assistant captain, cool. Like amazing stuff there. Oh God, you were so close. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah Chip,
1: Chip, gives, Chip gives a great idea. Instead of uh, talking about why the teams that are drafted are good. Let's just roast every
0: team. All right, yeah, let's. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I'm Let's only right. be negative. We were too positive early on. God. Yeah, that's oh, that's boy. right.
1: We we overdid it trying to swing back from last week. Only talking bad about every single player on the board um, because we were going through my fades. So this week we're just gonna start off positive, lean into the negatives, do something a little bit different. So uh, if anyone if has I'm any ideas, something. So we're happy to. Uh, we're we're happy to share any uh any roasts that you guys have of each other's teams as well.
0: I'm gonna do it. Four seven two three. Oh my god! Calgary slips to me. Cannot,
1: I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Cannot be contained.
0: What if the four seven two three was the strategy you needed? God, I mean, that that could be the strategy you need. Yeah, we're we're gonna We're gonna we're gonna be the only uh, season long best puck podcast to roast your team live on stream. You know, we were. You know, we were. A lot of competition out there for the space, but we're going to win it today. That's right. Oh
1: boy. So I'm looking through my late round center options.
0: Oh, sorry. I was.
1: I was just. No, no, I was going to make something. I was going to
0: say something very stupid, just being stupid. But yeah, there's a lot of good centers, Matt. There's a lot of good centers. Norris, take your poison.
1: Nelson. Nick Schmaltz is really a Keller-only option. Logan Couture, I'm just completely obsessed with. Um mm-hmm. Seth Jarvis, sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's I guess that's about it. Um but yeah, so Pavel Zaka is really just yelling my Where name. Here. Did you yeah, Trochek. Take... Yeah, Why I Why is he lighting bad. up? Oh,
0: I yeah. I was like, like, okay, that yeah, it makes sense. Okay, okay. Yeah, Barzell, um... I
1: also. Barzell, I really like this season, but it's so hard for me to think that is going to outscore Bo Horvat, who goes like 11 spots before him or something on average, yeah. that it's like really hard for me to pull the trigger on Barzell, like because the fact that I think if Barzell smashes, it's almost certainly going to be because you know, Bo Horvat more than likely, but also Brock Nelson too, like because those guys have monster goal scoring seasons and Barzell's like the guy just setting them up having this monster year, so... It's just one of those things where, like, it doesn't really matter because odds are that you know Nelson doesn't go in every draft, obviously. No, um, but it just feels like the field is getting a better deal when I get Barzell right. It feels like someone else is getting paid off more for getting Barzell right because Nelson and Horvat just have massive seasons. But when DFS hits, you better believe the Horvat Barzell thing is something I will be uh, banging the drum for early on until Should we Barz- see
0: otherwise. Barzell be a, I mean. Is he going to be a winger more? You think, or he's almost
1: certainly going to play wing. Uh, we only got yeah, like right? one or two uh-huh. games with Horvat in the fold before Barzell got hurt. Yeah. Um, okay. but it does seem like Barzell's is going to play the wing now with uh, Nelson on the nominal top line and Horvat sort of picking up that second line center role.
0: Okay. That yeah. Um, yeah this G- G- like in my head. I'm,
1: yeah. Yeah. JG Pajot and Cases Zizicas are like locked into three and four C. So it's sort of one of those things where like yeah. Barzell's almost certainly going to play wing to make this
0: team work best and Man, they need that the would help be on the wing. so much fucking better. Okay, we did get a question yeah. here. I'm just going to answer really quickly and then you can pull up the board or however you want to run through the teams. Um but I'd rather have only two defensemen or two goalies. I mean, obviously that's very specific to how the draft went. Um like I think it's I think personally it'd be defenseman for me though. Like if you said like you took two defensemen in the first four rounds, or you took two goalies in the first four rounds. Where would you be more likely to not add a third? I think it's probably defense for me. But I, I could. I, if you did McDavid and you took like Shostak and Sorokin at the turn or something, because I just fell in your lap and you wanted to try it out once. Yeah, that's totally justified to just not grab a third because, like, if one of those two fail in and you took them in the second and third round, you are completely screwed. So,
1: yeah. Um. For for me, the answer is definitely I'd rather only take two defensemen. Um I, I just I worry because goalie starts are so um formulaic that like, you know, betting on a goalie to have a smash season, I think it's just a lot different than a defenseman where like um I think this the D can do a lot more to separate you, um, versus I think it's much easier to lose the goalie position by just running into an injury or something. Um, so, not having that third option, um, I think it's just where I'm very uncomfortable. Like, I'd rather only take two centers than two goalies, to be honest. Um, so, <sighs>
0: yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, did this this comment,
1: here. this comment.
0: Which, which one? Yeah, Anyone the, one the Wallstrom one. The Wallstrom one. Oh, it's the last one. I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will be yeah, chasing that would the be...
1: Wallström Whitewell for for the rest of my DFS career and losing every time.
0: So he is he has your Taysom Taysom Hill, except he's not a <laughs> not a quarterback. It is funny <laughs> how he doesn't get any valuable. Like...
1: Andy doesn't yeah. get any valuable touches. Like Taysom steals them and right. just Wallström doesn't. Right. So
0: yeah, I mean I, I, the Islanders are really just an interesting team, and I know um uh Willie has done the the graphic and I reposted it recently, but you look at like what teams are just like very, very easy to obtain a small stack on and the Islanders are right there and they're not horrendous. And I feel like they were a lot more fun last year than we're used to. So I'm taking them. I just, I haven't gotten a lot of Lee. Honestly, it feels like every time I'm like, all right, you know what? Screw it. I'm thinking Lee this time, someone else just has the idea first, but okay, let's go team by team. Now we plan on ending this one, like at a reasonable time. And we're already at the hour 12 mark. Um, thank you for listening. If you're still here, if you're not here, I get it, man. And you're not hearing me anyways. So Matt.
1: All right. Um, so starting off at the one hole, um, you know, this this person got Connor McDavid and basically thought, how do I take Connor McDavid draft a perfectly well-constructed team as far as roster construction and absolutely make Moods' eyeballs bleed? And uh, I think he nailed it. So he starts things off grabbing Hyman. And, you know, he was listed on my top fades. Of course, when you're betting on Connor McDavid, you know, Hyman could be dragged along. Um, And then he grabs Evan Bouchard and I'm doing front flips and everything else. Um, Then he, you know, first goalie, Lena Solmark. You know, when you really want 40 starts on a team that's going to fall off of a cliff, Lena Solmark at pick 60 or pick 50, I'm sorry, is your guy. Um, then he grabs two wingers from Ottawa who are unlikely to be on the top power play in Drake Batherson and Claude Giroux, <laughs> basically the only guys in the in the top 100 and ADP who are very unlikely to be on their team's top power play, Claude Giroux especially, that is just an egregious ADP on Giroux in my opinion, um, Josh Morrissey doesn't shoot the puck ever, probably doesn't have the same season but, as he did last but, year. But wait, like but wait so there's
0: news. But wait, there's more because he also took Jake Sanders and who's not gonna be on the top power play in Ottawa to go with it. So power <laughs> play two in Ottawa is fully taken now. It's it's gone. There you go. You may not have it. There you go. Okay, back to you. Back um, to you in the
1: and yeah, and then and then when you're like, all right, well, I need some help at Wing because I only have one good wing in Jake Gensel. Uh, you gotta grab Patrick Kane, who's simply not going to play this season. Like it seems very unlikely that he even steps on the ice. So you know at least there's a reason Patrick Kane fails, unlike Claude Giroux, where it's like you know, just the guy kind of sucks now. Um, so but you know, uh, a, a three the seven three, three three build, stuff. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, drafted McDavid didn't pile on the centers, but still just a team that makes my skin crawl, even with that Bouchard, shard, which uh, is very
0: hard to do. So well done by
1: Mudcat, yeah. Uh, DJ, Again, do you want like, to take I was
0: check? gonna say. Yeah, I'm going to take a real quick opinion on it is, again, I'm going to make this point, and Matt's going to disagree, and you don't have to agree with what I say here. You just couldn't have taken Bouchard there. Like, you needed a winger, and you let one go. Um, Yeah, so I'll get to Chip, who's here. Um, I'm going to try to look at your screen, but also just look at his team as as kind of how it is built. It is a three-seven-three-three. started with Matthews, Roman Yossi brinket Um I'm very low on to bring it. I just went over why I'm betting his under on goals, so thank you for listening. Uh, under 35 and a half is what I said, and I stand by it. Um, went on to continue the winger love with Jeff Skinner. Took Barkov, who will never score in your roster because you have Matthews, and you took Reinhardt later, who are just both better, but congratulations on getting Alex Barkov to uh, be dragged along to maybe a playoff berth because at least you have Matthews. Um, didn't Touch winger again um until arvidson roman uh lucas raymond andersley and david perron because again you needed to get some detroit power play to love in there with raymond and perron montour a defense to go with yossi um honestly I, i'll give this a little bit of love i think that that's probably like you're getting montour almost pick 100 at this point yossi can get some something done before Montour comes back but um yeah, that, that that's a private interesting way of doing it and then waiting on defense. But in net, you're gonna get a combined fifty-two starts with Vanacek, Bobrovsky, and Copley. As Vanacek will lose the net to Schmid, Uh Copley is a dust ball, and I don't know, maybe Bobrovsky's fine, honestly. Okay, I guess you bet on Florida. Yeah. We had to watch your team. So- it's a good team. It's a good team, honestly.
1: Two two quick things. Uh, one, when you can draft three backup goalies, um, you, you just have to do it. Um, Akira Schmid and Spencer Knight coming for those jobs. Obviously, Phoenix Copley's already a backup. Um, and anytime you can bet on three wingers whose upside is playing on the line with Dylan Larkin, I think you fucked up. So um, <laughs> thanks for thanks There's for tuning in. Of, thanks for yeah. the idea, Chip Skylark. Ch-
0: Ch- no, yeah, but but honestly, like it is a good for team. Some, so just a little a little less correlation. And A little bit more just taking the best player, and I think yeah, teams, sometimes I mean, you just got to play the
1: best plays. Um, but yeah. sorry, Chipsky, as Pete loves to call you, even though everyone knows Chip Skylark and his shiny teeth. Um, all right, I
0: get macro, right? It, and it, of course, this just wait, we gotta stop right there, really quick. Is it does Pete really call him Chipsky? And I just never noticed that, yeah, it should definitely yes. be Chip Skylark because next time I'm yes. Please, please, like, at me on Twitter next time Pete goes live and you're in there, Chip, because I really want to roast him for that. That that pisses me <laughs> off. All right, I'm, I mean, Doug Dimmadome's on every single cover. For, a, all right, I'm gonna beat myself before I get mad. <laughs>
1: all right, I got Mac right. Um, we we basically already roasted his team, but you know, he he goes the alpha goalie to start, Vassy uh, and Sorokin. Um, he has to grab Artemi Panarin as his top wing. Um, follows that up later on by taking up Mark Stone and Blake Wheeler. Uh, his final wing, Jonathan Jewin. I mean, if you want to take four wings and just dump them off of a bridge into the uh, river below, that's what good, one good way to do it. Um, you take a center in Jordan Cairo, who's going to shoot a ton. You got to balance it out by taking his linemate in Robert Thomas, who will never shoot unless uh, forced to at gunpoint, in which case it'll just be a soft muffin on goal. Um, and, you know, you drafted Jake Truba, who's likely to be suspended for the playoff weeks. So, you know, hopefully uh, McAvoy and Hedman can carry the load there. For you, DJ, Sam Olson, or any thoughts on Mac Wright?
0: It it, honestly, with Mac Wright's team, it is just like an exercise in making small blunders uh over and over again that stab you uh to death. And getting dry is a good start. I mean, I know we roast him, I know he was already roasted in the chat. Like, I'm definitely going to be the lowest on dry as far as a like actual player in the league compared to almost anyone else other than that. And and yet, like, if you get the opportunity to draft him third, you take it and you need to succeed. And he somehow didn't. So we'll move on to Samuelson, who I'm sure drafted a really good team because he's very sharp. Um, McKinnon was the obvious pick. Nealander was an obvious pick. Um, oh, sorry, I'm like looking at two screens at once and it's uh, Tuck, Kreider. Oh my God, this is gonna be hard to roast. But can't, These are just all guys I pick all the time. Ottinger. Okay. Well, at least we can say a net. You, you, you're probably pretty much dusted. I mean, Gustafson is. It, it's like easy to make the argument, but I just think he's like substantially worse in that range than the rest of them. But I think I took both the other. Uh, yeah, all three already went before you. You were pretty much, you're pretty much stuck with Gustafson if you wanted go goalie with any a semblance of a peak position. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't think there's really a player on this roster I haven't drafted a ton other than Jamie Drysdale and um. I, I just I'm just losing the being able to roast this team battle here because the like I, I, I would roast Vegas if you didn't take Terry I would be like well, yeah I had to but you took Terry it makes sense Matt is there anything you can roast Am I missing something
1: I mean any time you can want walk not run into a season with uh, at Morgan Riley and Jamie Dries to elish your defense like boy you are really punting on the position hoping that there's not a league winner in the defense because uh those guys ain't it
0: yeah yeah i i mean that yeah that's it i don't know but then again like i i just made and in the video about columbus the the case for why zach rensky could probably be a top five fantasy like defense but i think in that situation it's the right call although you may have been better off taking one a bit earlier um yeah i'm just gonna let you move on and actually roast yourself i guess or do you want me to try to roast you hey uh you
1: know i, I... The best roast will come from within, I think. Um,
0: okay, you so, got it.
1: Sure, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I mean, anytime you can start off your draft with David Posternach and Kyle Connor, you just got to do it. Anytime the next guy off the board is a guy who tries to bite people for fun, um, maybe your wing position is a little bit weak. So um, not, not too happy about going into round 13 with four wings and saying, Barack Besser, you're the guy, come on down. Not even Vancouver can find a job for you that you can succeed at. Um, so, you know, that's not great. Um, I basically completely punted the center position. I said, okay, Zipinijad, you're my horse the entire year because Zolan Larkin sucks and Pavel Zaka's a nobody. I I don't know why that that's just what we do. Um, and I took three goalies who could easily play for three of the 10 worst teams in hockey. You know, I'm not, I'm not sold on Seattle continuing their success from last year. They shot a billion percent. Um, they still suck. And yeah, I have goalies uh, from all bad teams. Great, great times uh to be moods.
0: You, you I feel like you definitely took a unique moods uh approach to this draft. Uh but I again the posture knocking Connor start is, is very, very strong. Other than that, it's definitely gonna be an uphill battle to beat any of the teams, uh by the name of DJ Sabres at the very least. But next we have Lay Lake UF. Is that how we saying are we saying it now? Is that is that right? Or I feel like is this I one I always no say idea. wrong? Okay, cool. I feel like it's just like
1: Layla. That. Okay. So let's just say starting
0: Layla, with whatever. Okay, fine. It's Layla. Okay. It's gonna be Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Layla. So he started off with Matt the Chuck, the obvious first pick. Had to follow it up with Timo Mayer, who is gonna get outscored by Victor Arvidson, as we talked about before. Um <laughs> went on to Kevin Fiala, who could easily be, I don't know. I mean, the top power play is a bit up for grabs. I feel like he's a bit of a, a bit of a fringe take there, but I definitely get it with the, the rates. Um patrick line he's gonna finally figure it out it's just been a couple two three years in the making for patrick line we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna put it all together now with mike pa- oh wait with Vinny profitable that's gonna be the guy to figure him out we've just been waiting for him all along uh after the monster winger run and i also miss georgia in the mix you waited forever to take a goalie instead you got eichel hint and malkin um Sure, whatever. I guess you need to load up at that position. March or so, because Matt was going to definitely take him. So thank you for stealing him from Matt and making Matt feel good. It always makes me feel good to know Matt is sad. Thank you for that one note. Other than that, Tyler Bertuzzi is going to score a combined 10 goals. He's going to miss, I don't even know how many games, and not even sniff a power play one role. Goalies, you're going to get... Well,
1: you know, at least Austin Matthews uh, won't be uh,
0: brought to tears when he gets traded at the deadline. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Um, Vince Dunn, Luke Hughes, I don't know, whatever, just useless players to go with Pietrangelo and build out a eichel pietrangelo so stack only for Shay Theodore to take the power play one role. And Marc-Andre Fleury probably ends up um, getting banished to the Shadow Realm when Wallstead takes his backup job. So hopefully Sam Montembeau can figure it out when Georgiev doesn't play. But as we've learned, Georgiev has to play every single game for that team for them to have a chance. So... Honestly, the honest takeaway is it's a fun team. You got a lot of value at center. we hand slipped a mile and a half, and I've definitely taken a look at most of these wingers, but it seems like a team that was just value and correlation um, driven, but eh, it's fine, honestly, in retrospect. But I, I, I could roast a few players, so I threw it in the mix.
1: Okay, uh Eidos ninety-nine here. Uh also looks like they drafted a 3733 team, despite me not knowing their username. So obviously a big missed opportunity there. You could have been the guy that takes eight centers in this draft. Um but when we're talking about uh your your draft here, um, you know, Ranton and Elias Patterson, way past ADP, totally fine. You take Dougie, and then a couple rounds later you think, man. If only I could get the guy who has as many power play goals in 250 career NHL games as Evan Bouchard had in one postseason last year. I just got to do it and grab Adam Fox because, you know, you just got to shore up that D position. You, you carry it on um, JT Miller, Andre Kuzmenko. Of course, you got to stack up a terrible team in the Pacific. But wait, there's more because you're drafting Elias Lindholm and Andrew Mangiapane, who are almost on. Un- almost entirely never going to touch the ice together in Calgary. That is like rule number one of Calgary. Um, Elias Lindholm would be on the top line and the top power play. Manjapani is almost locked into the third line of Michael Backlund and will never see the top power play. So, you know, that mini stack, just burn it. Uh, who cares? And I uh, guess what? You stacked another terrible team in the Pacific division. So, um, you know, kudos to you, 8099 99 for drafting the right type of team, but maybe uh, try drafting better players next time.
0: Yeah, yeah, waiting to pick 103 for that second winger, even with Miko Rantanen, even if he, you know, again, repeat last year is just yippity. Um, I mean, geez, I, also, I could have
1: gone on I, Tom Wilson. Yeah, hey. Uh, yeah, I know you didn't even mention Tom, Tom
0: Wilson. And Connor Brown without oh, yeah. McDavid, because I'm sure Connor Brown getting there without McDavid is a very likely, likely scenario. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it just, a better allocation of early draft capital if you're listening. Uh, the next one was one that I was hoping I, I could get one of these teams that is truly pretty egregious. Uh, started up with Jason Robertson. You know what? That's not a bad picket pick, at pick eight. I get it, right? You can have him over, Caprizov on your board. That's fine. And from there, it was basically a complete disaster. Paige Thompson, <laughs> okay, fine. You know what? You, you just took Paige Thompson at ADP. Sidney Crosby, okay, fine. Yeah, I guess you're going to go alpha center. Don't take another one, please. Eric Carlson, Miro Heiskanen. Okay, fine. You really want to stack up them alpha stacks. Okay, get to winger. Please get to winger. Please get to winger. Okay, finally, you took Tyler DeFoli as your second winger. Don't let that be your your last until Matt Zuccarello. Tavares, because you already have Cage Thompson and Sidney Crosby, so you really needed to get Tavares in there to uh, never, I guess, score, or one of those guys died, and you're already screwed. First goal again was Corpusalo, Second, Devin Levi, third, Aiden Hill. All three of them, I guess you could argue Corpo is not quite as much, but could not see a ton of run in net. Um, very fringe, but whatever, you know what you, you take your bets where you take your bets. So yeah, Strifley to make a fourth center to just make sure you actually never, ever score, you know, Mark Strifley if he's scoring over Tage and Crosby and Tavares, Oh boy. Um, just to finish off your winger core, again, Robertson, Toffoli, Zuccarello, Bjorkstrand, and Vrana. Uh, I believe that's at least two, if not three guys that were definitely not going to be top power play. Uh, Bjorkstrand will probably play 11 minutes a night, knowing their coach and Jacob Vrana, if he lasts an entire season. Also, just, uh, yeah, I don't think I need to yep. go into my uh, detail here. It is, is just a, a train wrecking.
1: I mean this guy's just playing four-dimensional
0: chess here with four D and four centers. So um yeah, yeah. hey. This all right, like uh, I mean, honestly this is the one thing I'll say is like I don't even completely despise the Crosby Carlson situation. I, I could I could almost let it go of Page, Crosby, Robertson, Carlson, and and, and Iskin but you're like never taking a center and defenseman again and you gotta go like 10 wingers at that point. Um just it's, it's worth experimenting with that shit but like man you, you got it you can't bring it home with five wingers okay back to you
1: all right i got a gedora 19 um another name even though that's a badge i'm not familiar with so uh we, we don't quite have the friends and family draft that we are uh, used to here but drafting he's, hughes he's in the first round. okay okay he has all right hey yeah, uh, thanks for name. keeping me honest awesome um uh, well thanks for coming back um Anyway, drafting Jack Hughes in the first round because, you know, if you really want to lose center and wing, that's the pick for you. Um, following that up with Mitch Marner, who, like, yeah, yeah you're not saving your wing spot by uh, drafting Mitch Marner, that's for sure. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, uh, my number one fade, the only guy in the elite range of goalies that I'm fading. Um, you got to snap that guy up, of course. Uh, Clayton Keller, doesn't look like you drafted Nick Schmaltz with him or Barrett Hayton, so, like, what are we even doing here? If Clayton Keller's the 40th overall pick in this draft, I mean, you gotta believe his linemates are coming with him like they did last year. So uh, you know, just, just tough scenes all around by following that up with Jasper Bratt. Um, between Bratt and Marner and Keller, like you're really hurting for shots on goal. Fortunately, you grab Pierre Luc Dubois, who basically the only thing you can do is take shots on goal. He doesn't really score, he doesn't really do much besides just piss off his coaches and get traded. Um but luckily, this guy listened to DJ early on because he drafted both Brent Burns and Marty Nachos. Um, but just really following in DJ's footsteps, uh, Jordan Bennington, the favorite goalie uh, out there. And then lastly, the third center position being Matty Beniers, Um, You know, just like, I mean, what are we even doing here? What is Maddie Beniers' ceiling? Is it even the floor? I have no idea. Um, Jason Zucker as one of your later wings, and Tomas Tatar. Well, Zucker's value come playoff time will probably be for another team. So if you really want a fourth liner for the Boston Bruins, Jason Zucker is your guy. Um, So, uh, but thanks for showing up, Ghidorah. And I'm sorry to not realize that you were here um, before. DJ, cool smurfer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also uh, we did get a quick question about Drysdale. And um, I I honestly, I was wondering your take, because I don't think I've drafted him yet, but I i would um so yeah i just what was your take on drysdale
1: I have a couple shares, um, but I'm very worried about the chatter coming out about uh, Olin Zellweger um, potentially making the team. Also, Pavel Mintyukov as well. Um, Both of those guys profile as more of the fantasy power play one type defenseman as prospects. Jamie Drysdale is an awesome prospect. However, he profiles as more of the uh, Victor Hedman type, where he's not going to do a ton for you as far as his rates. It's just a matter of him being that dominant force that you need to sort of get 28, 29 minutes a night you know, in his prime, of course, um, that's going to make him fantasy viable. Uh, when he's fighting Cam Fowler already for power play one duties, the rates aren't good enough, at least at this point that we've seen, for him to be of high consideration. So I've paused taking him. If we get to camp and it's clear that Zellweger and Minty Ugarv are not going to make the team, then I think uh, Drysdale is perfectly viable. Um, but if you want to take shots in him, you know, I'm always for taking shots on prospects, but it's burned me in, uh, in past seasons, so... Trying to uh restrain myself on that front this year.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool Smurfer. Got the Brady Stutzel start, followed it up with Veshtinkoff and just, you know, ripping through wingers goes with Forsberg, goes with ehlers goes with uh, you know, Stamkos, by the way, just mix in samco Sergev, Huberdo that's the the start. And you're like, okay, a, a very good wing alpha room here, but like did they, they forget goaltenders existed? And they did grab Sebastian Ajo now realizing they had no goaltenders took the uh you know 25 starts of, of Freddie Anderson in a three goalie split decided they couldn't wait too long you know they decided that it was just about time to grab another backup goaltender and I, I guess Freddie Anderson is really not a backup but grabbing a backup goaltender and Jeremy Swayman on the Evs uh, forementioned mentioned collapsing Boston Bruins team to hopefully soak up 10 wins um already mentioned Aho. yeah i mean really it's just it starts and ends in net here uh kira Shmied, he absolutely has to take over the net in new jersey or this team is, is not going to come even close in net to hold a stick to any of the mcdavid teams um just uh just uh yeah got to get the goalie faster um i'm not sure virtually anyone on this team i individually hate uh especially golf also might not start the season which is tough scenes um Bet, i guess if you're gonna bet on carolina you bet on carolina yeah, yeah a, a lot of players i like on this roster honestly dobson anderson rasmus anderson and zirkushev um but yeah goaltending gets where, where the row starts and ends with uh cool smurfer just not gonna have enough there with Anderson Spaman and Schmid.
1: all right for uh for, for my final roast i get our caroli j um yeah I don't don't recognize that one um but i hope he comes around more in these lobbies because he said yeah. well who can i get in goal i can get Stuart skinner and then i can get john gibson who will be traded for by edmonton when Stuart skinner sucks and we need gibson to bail out our season so at least he got one goalie out of the mix there um you drafted six wings nikita kucherov i have no problems with johnny gaudreau um show me your phone ricard raquel jamie ben who's irrelevant brian rust because anytime you can relive dj's uh rust Gensel from the playoffs last year you got to do it with the worst version ricardo McKell and brian rust and then Lawson kraus because you know you just need that third liner in arizona um on defense of course you draft four of them with cal mccarr because you know if cal mccarr is worth the 14th overall pick of course you need all of chris letang tamas shabbat and drew dowdy um I really have nothing else to say because this team is just a masterclass at center as well, because anytime you can draft a five, 10, 18 year old playing on the worst team in the league, you just got to do it in Connor Verdard and surround him with three more centers in Braden point, Nico Heacher and Joe Pavelski. (sighs) Yeah. uh, Thanks for coming. And I hope to see you again.
0: Our Coley J. Yep, man. It honestly was so close to being a good team again, too. just, all it it's yeah whatever. All right, let me roast my own team here, and then we'll just a quick quick drafters note from the question we got. Um, so I went alpha winger, which I'm known to do. Uh, DJ drafting a normal DJ team with Caprizov, Ovechkin. Got to get all the Russians. Matt Boldly, Owen Tippett mixed into there was the only two defensemen, Raspistali and John Carlson. Uh, John Carlson, of course, going to come back and likely. Bring Ovechkin to like 30 goals as they both age out of relevance. Um, But I put them both together and have only Rasmus Stalin to carry my entire team. Uh, Trusting my Buffalo Sabres has gone great for me in the past. So why not give them one more run? They've only given me joy in the past 12 years. Completely neglecting center, I went on to draft four of them who are bad. Carter Verhage, who is not going to be on the top power play. Joel Eriksson, who has had one good season in his NHL career um, of fantasy relevance. I guess you could maybe argue too, but I won't make that argument myself. Putting three Minnesota Wilds forwards together, um, just a, a great call by me to make sure I get the absolute floor when it's just Kaprizov uh, and no one else with him. Bo Horvat is... Uh, likely going to be the one of the worst contracts in hockey when he does not get anywhere close to the 38 goals of last year in New York. And um, yeah. Uh, Goaltending is, is really good though. Samson off Jari and Hart, I mean, that's perfect. Uh, so yeah. All my mean, team is going anytime- to advance, of course. So cool.
1: Yeah, anytime you can run off a 50% advancement rate last year and win the entire tournament following a strict 3733 type uh, mentality when you're drafting, you just got to follow that up with drafting four centers, all of whom suck the next year. Um, that's just one easy way to do it. Hopefully, with Joel Erickson, you get points for his
0: selfie votes
1: um, because, hey, those might come in handy come the playoffs when you're not there.
0: So yeah, drafters is still there and I still like have been drafting a little. Bit. I took the weekend off, of course, like I mentioned. Um ADPs are are kind of a mess. It, it, you know, the one note we talked about last time, which I think is still relevant. Uh number one, the scoring is different a little bit, but not only is it different a little bit as far as like how the players score, but also the fact that you're not competing against your draft, you're competing against everyone, probably will make correlations a little bit steeper not an insane amount but definitely matter a bit more so getting those alpha stacks a bit more uh, of a something i'm focusing on defense also two are always going to score so i think defensemen like i mentioned on the last stream could get a little bit more of a boost than i gave them in my original try um other than that it's very very deep every draft you have is going to feel like you have a, a perfect team as long as you know what you're doing and yeah, I'm definitely gonna be jumping over there a lot more. I will have 30 yeah, for um, sure.
1: Yes, Chris, uh please do follow or please do subscribe to the Moinescape podcast because the last episode on the podcast app, I actually time stamped each of the sections and for you at uh, 40 minutes exactly we started talking about drafters uh that contest and the scoring and everything dj just summarized we go pretty in depth on the scoring and how that should impact your strategy uh, versus how we think about it on underdog so uh um do check that out though because it's perfectly time stamped for you um i actually forgot this week to uh keep track of uh the timestamps because I, I heard pat Mayo say he had a little pad of paper next to him um I, I went out and bought a little pad of paper to keep next to me, and promptly forgot mm-hmm. to do it because we're all just store brand pad. It
0: was um, over here, so we need a Tim Andrikos, though. So if you want to sign up for the role, please let me know. DJ, I think I think that's you. <laughs> it, it literally can't be though, because I've made at least one tangible thing that's come true that wasn't like me reverse cursing. So you already cleveland browns and buffalo sabers
1: fan and you mix that in with the minnesota twins
0: I you know what know the thing is is that yes yeah, the, the first thing i'll say is you're correct my sports fandom is so bad but at this point i just like the, the sabers are different for me but like i just don't even care like about the Browns that much anymore, or like the twin success. Like I'd so much rather focus on gambling. And like, I really think it makes me a little bit better in football when people are like, this player is so bad. And I'm just like, they have one bad week or whatever. Um, And I just don't get really like hemmed down and like watching all the games and doing all this garbage. Like I just don't really care that much. So, um, fandom is probably just a curse for me, but I think it's made me better as like a, like thinking through, um, how to, how to gamble in general with in any capacity, hopefully. Although yeah eh, it could be up for debate, depending on who you ask. But why don't you close us out, Matt? Let's get out of here before I start saying stupid things and actually become demander guys.
1: Okay. Um perfect. So yeah, please do follow us. Uh we are on Twitter. I am at fake moods. Uh DJ is at DJ underscore Mitchell94. Uh the podcast is at morningscape Pod. Um please do follow us if you are listening to this on uh the audio platforms please do find dj's youtube uh, that is linked in the description if you're watching on uh, youtube or you know i don't know can you watch it on twitter these days you gotta pay for it i don't know um but if you're watching us on video please do subscribe to the audio podcast feed once go to xvideos.com xvideos.com sorry okay. <laughs> there we go um thanks elon um but once the season starts, we will not be doing uh, slate breakdowns via YouTube. That'll all be on the podcast feed. So you know, just make sure you're subscribed and you'll see uh, you know, this come up as an audio format as well. Um, and yes, please do not take offense to us roasting your teams. We think you all did great. And we hope the draft against all of you again next week at nine o'clock sharp on next Tuesday. So. Uh, Let's see, last thing, uh, if you have not yet subscribed to my uh, newsletter, uh, please do subscribe to my newsletter. It is uh, linked in the description of wherever you are, and it's also the pinned tweet on my Twitter account. There's lots of fantasy hockey thoughts in there, and quite frankly, uh, I think it's the best in the business. There's not that many fantasy hockey newsletters that I'm aware of, but if you're aware of them, send them my way, because I want to make sure I beat them. Uh, So that'll do it for us. Thank you all for tuning in and participating. Uh, best of luck as we open up our training camps.